I'm only on my second cup of coffee, which might be what my what the, the, the <laughs> which might be my oh my gosh, which might be why my words don't work good. Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings, and actions, change our results, and feel less alone as we navigate that crazy thing called life. My name is Emily Chabourne and I am a mindset coach and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, That Crazy Thing Called Life. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this epic community of over 3,000 people and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Dear Em, I hear you talk about meditation all the time and I've tried doing it but I just can't get into it. I hear all manifestation experts talk about how important meditation is. Is this why I'm not manifesting what I want? Do you have any tips on helping me meditate? So the first thing that I want to talk about with you is this idea that in order to manifest what it is that you desire, you must meditate. I don't think that is true in the strictest of senses. But when you look at the similarities between highly successful people and when I talk about successful people I don't just mean what car do they drive how many houses do they own and how much money do they have in the bank I mean like are they living a life of value and contribution are they living wholeheartedly because I can show you loads and loads of people who earn a lot of money and have a lot of stuff but they're not really happy they're not really content they don't have that feeling of connection and belonging even with themselves, but certainly not with the people around them or with their larger communities or even the global community. So when you look, so that's what I mean by success. So when you look at, well, what are the common denominators between the people who are happy in their success? One of those common denominators across the board is meditation. So yes, there is definitely something in that. You can't ignore that. That's like statistic, it's fact. I think the myth is if you meditate, you'll get what you want. And that's not how meditation works. And it's actually not even how manifestation works. It's just not the way that universal law works. I would imagine that you have consumed quite a lot of online marketing, marketing copy, marketing videos, which are all designed to have you buy somebody's course. And it's really easy or it's much easier rather to get you to buy my course, if I say to you, if you follow my five-step process to manifestation, you will get anything that you want. I can teach you how to have everything that you want. And I'm going to tell you that I can teach you that while I'm standing in a house that I've rented in a pool that is not my own and by a car which belongs to my friend. That sounds very cynical. I get it. And I'm not saying that all manifestation experts or manifestation coaches are like that. I just know that that is rife in the industry when you see copy or adverts on instagram or you know facebook long copy and videos and and it's someone saying you know you just need to do this follow my three-step process and then you can have anything you want that's really appealing but the reality of the situation is for you to manifest what you desire you are going to have to become somebody else because who you are now is creating the results that you have now and so if you want those external results to change you are going to have to change now i'm not going to sit here today and talk to you about what manifestation is because we don't have time it's a whole module 
in the hub. It's not just a 10 minute video. It is like an entire module just dedicated to teaching you the science behind manifestation. But really briefly, so that you've got a little bit of an understanding before I go into why meditation is important and to give you some tips around that. Manifestation works on energy. So the universal language is energy. It's not English, it's not German, it's not scripting, it's not affirmations, it's not even action. The universal language, the, the language that the universe understands is energy. And energy is how we feel. It's the thoughts that we have, it's the things that we consume both through our mouth and through our mind, physical activity that we undertake, it's the people that we hang out with, it's the things that we choose to read. This is the energetic vibrational frequency that you will put yourself in. So when we match the energetic vibrational frequency of our desire or of our intention, then we are much more likely through the law of attraction to vibrate in the people, circumstances, opportunities and experiences that we need in order to take the action to create what it is that we want to create, whether that be better health, whether it be more money, whether it be the perfect relationship, whatever it is that we're after. In order for us to level up in our vibrational frequency so that we can meet the vibrational frequency of our intention, we have to change who we are in a way. Now, that doesn't mean that we are going to shave our heads and start calling ourselves some kind of spiritual name. It, that's not what I mean. But it means that the limiting beliefs that you are currently carrying around, the unresourceful beliefs that you have about money being evil or men being bastards or I need to defend myself, I need to protect myself. These are all energies that are highly unlikely to be vibrating at your intention. So if I want to have a really loving, connected, open, phenomenal relationship, but I'm guarded, I'm protected, I'm still carrying around the story of my 16 year old self who got her heart broken, you know, and I'm, I'm in that defense mechanism and in that defense strategy, then energetically, I can't call in what it is that I'm after. I can't call in an open, connected, loving, free relationship because I'm not that. And we will attract what we are. When it comes to manifestation, you don't just follow someone on the internet's five steps. There may be five steps. I have five steps. But inside those five steps, there's a whole heap of work around self-realization, around self-awareness, about self-parenting. And the question I always get my clients to ask themselves in the hub is, are you willing? Because that work is deep. That work is healing. That work is energy work. And most people don't really want to do that. Most people just want their external world to change while they stay the same. They don't want to face their fears. They don't want to go into their past trauma and heal it because it feels gross and a bit icky. You know, they don't want to take those tight butt moments. They want to feel safe. They want to be comfortable. But change isn't safe or comfortable. Change is exciting. Change is energizing in so many ways. But you know, it's certainly not the comfortable route. So I'm going to say this outright. If you think, if you are of the mindset, all I need to do is meditate and then I can get what I want. You are so far away from getting what you want. The reason is that what you're looking for is to stay the same 
maybe pick up an extra habit like meditation and then the universe is magically going to deliver me what I want it just it doesn't work like that I wish it worked like that if I could find out a way to make it work like that I would be richer than Oprah it doesn't work like that and if you come across anybody who tells you that it does run in the opposite direction really quickly they're a charlatan manifestation is hard work it is letting go of the stuff that doesn't serve you it is leveling up it is growing up it is taking full responsibility for your current situation it is letting go of people that are unresourceful in your life it is changing your belief system around money it is having awkward conversations it's learning about boundaries it's about falling in love with yourself and and that is a journey it's a beautiful one and it's a wonderful one but it's not as simple as think happy thoughts and you'll have happy things i really wish it was but it's not so i hope i've cleared that up do not think that if you meditate you'll get what you want the reason that so many people who are happy in their success meditate is because meditation is a phenomenal way to connect to self so part of the manifestation process is about learning about self-awareness and it's about learning about your patterns, learning about your strategies, learning about your neurology, learning about your biochemical reaction to emotions and thoughts and memories and experiences so that you can change them so that you can put yourself in that higher vibrational frequency, which is in line with your intended desire. Meditation helps us in that process of self-awareness. Meditation helps us with stress. Meditation helps us rest and recuperate. Meditation connects us to what we call being. So being is the state that is before consciousness. So you may have heard this banded around on an Insta tile here or there, which is you are not your thoughts. If I can see myself having my thoughts, I cannot be my thoughts. What happens to my consciousness? What happens to my soul? What happens to the essence of me before I became Emily Chadbourne, after I stopped being Emily Chadbourne? What happens when I see myself, when I witness myself going about my day and I'm like, oh my God, that's really interesting that I just did that. Why did I say that? Why did I react like that? Why was I really defensive back then? Why did that person say that? And it made me want to punch them. What's going on for me? That self-awareness is beyond my thought. It's before my thought. If I can witness myself having thought, what am I in that witnessing state? And that's what we call being, a state that we can access when we quieten down the chitter chatter of our current everyday life. Now, most people are very much in their heads. Most people wake up in the morning, they check their phone, they stress around in the kitchen, they worry about what they look like, they worry about what people think of their children, they watch the news, they're constantly being bombarded 24-7 with other people's thoughts, other people's opinions, other people's experiences. They then get addicted to the paradigm under which they operate. They begin to seek out confirmation bias, i.e. we hang out with people who support our opinions, we become quite closed off, we become quite narrow-minded. We're seeing a lot of this at the moment because of coronavirus. You only need to flick onto Facebook for a second and you will see people who have just sitting in their own tunnels of confirmation bias. Yeah, I agree with that person and anyone else's opinion is wrong. We're seeing so much of it at the moment. And what meditation does is it helps us disconnect from that external noise and come back to this sense of being 
through the gateway of intuitive perception and witnessing of self. So before we get to the thinking level of the brain or of the mind, which is level three of the mind, before that we have our intuitive perception and before that we have the witnessing state. Underneath that witnessing state, the witnessing state is like the gateway, if you like, to your mind, from your soul to your mind. And that's where the being sits, this kind of essence of who you are, this inner knowing. So if anyone has read um, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, she refers to it as the knowing, this just internal sense, this like internal compass that just knows. It doesn't always align with logic. It just knows. And that connection will help you manifest your desire because it will help you understand yourself so much better. It will help you with decision-making. It will help you feel connected. It will help you contribute. It will help keep you safe. And these are all the vibrational frequencies that we want to encourage and that we want to nurture when it comes to manifesting our desires. Really hard to manifest what you want when you feel unsafe, when you feel disconnected, when you feel angry, when you feel resentful, when you feel worried, when you feel doubt. These are the opposite vibrational frequencies of whatever it is that you desire. Because most people desire a great relationship. They desire financial freedom. They desire great health. These are all high vibrational, abundant, loving, joyful, connected, contributing vibrational frequencies. So that is how uh, meditation can help you with your manifestation. But is it as simple as, oh, if I just sit down and meditate once a day, then the universe will give me everything I want? No, absolutely not. And if that is the way that you are currently hoping that manifestation works, you have been sold a pipe dream and that's not, I really wish that's how it worked. How lovely would it be if we could just think a happy thought and then ta-da, here's a million dollars. Oh, thanks universe, cha-ching. If like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! So I recently completed a course with a guy called Johnny Pollard. Sorry, the Theodore's found a squeaky toy again. I hide the squeaky toys before I come on live, and there's always one I miss, and he always finds it. I'm kind of proud of it in a weird way. He's a clever boy and a little asshole. So I recently completed a teacher training course in a specific type of meditation. We call it Vedic meditation. So Vedic meditation is when you sit in silence with yourself and a mantra. So mantra, very literally translated, means mind, vehicle, mantra. So we sit with a mantra, which is normally a two-syllable word or sound, and we repeat it over and over and over and over. We forget it naturally, of course we do, because our brains are busy and we have thoughts that come in or there's an outside noise that distracts us or there's things going on. And when we realize that we have forgotten the mantra, we let go of the thought that we are having and we bring the mantra effortlessly back into our mind and we can continue to repeat it. And we do that for 20 minutes, twice a day. Some people will have heard of transcendental meditation or TM meditation. 
I am not an expert in meditation, let me tell you that. But as far as I can work out, transcendental meditation is Vedic meditation, but they just marketed it as TM meditation, as far as I can work out. There may be some other stuff there that I don't, like I said, I'm completely claiming my ignorance on that one. I've just recently finished a facilitator's course with Johnny Pollard. I suggest that you go and check out his podcast, his One Giant Mind podcast. It's excellent. I will link it in the show notes of this podcast episode. There is an app that you can download as well, a free app. I learned some really interesting stuff with Johnny as my mentor. And I'm going to share some of those tips with you today. The first one is that meditation is about stress relief to an extent. So I hear a lot of people who say, oh, I just feel really uncomfortable. I can't sit still for 20 minutes. You can sit still for 20 minutes. Don't tell me that. Because if I came up to you now and I went, here is a million dollars in cash. And I put that cash in front of you and I went, all you need to do is sit down for 20 minutes and not say anything with your eyes closed. Believe me, you would sit down for 20 minutes with your eyes closed. So don't tell me that you can't. That's just an excuse. You just don't want to. You don't see the immediate benefit of it. There's no instant gratification when it comes to meditation. And quite often, it's an uncomfortable experience. Now, why is it uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable because in that 20 minutes of meditation, in that 20 minutes of silence, in that 20 minutes of sitting with self, a lot of shit comes up. Most of us are constantly in distraction of ourselves. Instagram, Facebook, reality TV. We don't want to be quiet. We don't. We just want good stuff to happen to us. In that 20 minutes when you are sitting in that silent meditation, you may very well have thoughts, physical reactions to those thoughts. You might feel really uncomfortable. You might begin to feel quite agitated. You might begin to feel quite angry. You might begin to feel really, really hot. You might even forget, begin to feel a little bit dizzy. This is really uncomfortable. This is really gross. I could be scrolling on Instagram and watching someone else live their life right now. I could be doing the dishes. I could be reading a book. Let's be honest, I'm never going to fucking read the book, but I could be watching some television. All these feelings are coming up in us, right? Now, this is a natural stress response in the body. And if we give the body twice a day, 20 minutes to sit in this feeling, even though it's uncomfortable, what we're doing is we are releasing stress in a really healthy way. And stress is a normal part of life, especially in the society in which we live in today. We don't want to create a world where we don't have stress. Number one is physically impossible and number two we would literally have to go and live in a cave and not see anybody else although that in itself would have its own stresses right we cannot live in a world without stress what meditation does is it gives us the ability to understand ourselves well enough to know what it is that we need in order to deal with the stresses that life delivers us so that those stresses don't become overwhelming, so that those stresses don't become too much, so that those stresses don't become destructive to us. I'm under stress all the time because I'm a human being like everybody else, but I know myself well enough to go, I need to say no to this project, I need to say no to this person, I need to get a really good night's sleep tonight, I need to eat better this week, I need to exercise a little bit more this week. And sometimes as I'm going about my day, I don't feel like I have got the resources and capabilities inside me to deal with the stress that has come over me. And in those moments, I will go and I will sit in meditation, even though my brain is going, you need to sort 
sort out this problem now. You need to speak to this person now. The whole world is going to collapse if you don't send that email now. I sit in meditation and in that meditation for 20 minutes, I feel really uncomfortable. I feel really angry. I feel really worried. I'm a bit like, this is the grossest thing ever. What's that thing called a mantra again? But, oh my God, I've forgotten it. I don't even know what it is. And I sit there and I have that experience for myself, not because I think meditation is meant to make me feel good. Medi meditation doesn't owe you feeling good. Meditation is about putting yourself in a situation where you can resourcefully release that stress. Because if you do not do that in meditation, when are you going to do it? When your kids piss you off, when someone cuts you up on the road, when someone's rude to you at Coles. Not having that stress relief is detrimental to the bigger picture of your life. So that's the first thing I want to share with you. Not all meditation is meant to be, oh man, I just went off to this beautiful place and had a chat with Buddha and oh, it was really awesome and I had this really creative idea and I feel like all zen and blissed out. That is a very Western bullshit marketing version of what meditation is. It's a bit like the lie that you are being sold about life. You know, follow my five-step formula, you can have a million dollars in your bank account. Life is meant to be easy. Happiness is your birthright. Fucking bullshit. Life is hard and it is stressful and it is uncomfortable. The best way for you to get through life and to create something and to do something and to love deeply and to feel belonging and to feel connected and to feel like you're contributing, the best way to do that is learn how to manage your stress. It's learn how to build your capabilities and your resources. It's learn how to deal with those people, how to deal with those bad days, how to roll through the trauma. But if you are living under this paradigm or with this expectation that life should just be happy every single day and you don't want to have the problems that you're having, you are always going to be chasing a dream that is never going to become your reality. Life is stressful. Life is hard. Being a human sucks sometimes. Learn how to suffer well. And when you learn how to suffer well, the paradox of that is all of a sudden it is much easier for you to manifest what it is that you desire. Understand that meditation isn't sitting down for 20 minutes and having a blissed out experience. It's not that. That's so far from what meditation is. I'm not selling it very well right now. So let me bring in some other tips which are going to hopefully encourage you to give it a go yourself. One of the most profound things that I learned through doing this one giant mind course with John A. Pollard was a piece of language which I've actually included in the self-love module of the hub. Some meditations are going to be what we call really gratifying. So that are, you are going to have 20 minutes sometimes where you sit down and you're like, oh, yeah, man, this feels fucking awesome. I could stay here all day, actually. And you really deeply connect to this sense of being and I don't have time to teach you the mechanics of that right now. But through forgetting the mantra, remembering the mantra, allowing thoughts to come, allowing thoughts to go, really like being connected with your breath, being in stillness with your soul. Sometimes it's the most divine, sacred, wonderful experience. And that you can feel deeply rested and deeply connected. And it's just fucking gorgeous, man. Like really lovely, like the Zen version of meditation that you see on the internet, you can absolutely have those experiences. We call those gratifying experiences. 
you can also have those other stressful experiences that I've spoken about where you feel like 20 minutes is lasting forever and you want to look at the timer and you're not even sure if you're doing it right and you just feel really resentful for being in the meditation in a really weird way. And you release quite a lot of stress, doesn't feel great. We call that a non-gratifying experience. And the reason that we choose the language gratifying and non-gratifying or ungratifying, not sure grammatically which is right, which is right, is that what we want to be doing with meditation is understanding that there is no positive or negative experience. And if you've been following my stuff for a while, you'll notice recently I've been talking more and more about this and it's really helping my hub clients better manage the stresses of life and have better capability and resources within to deal with the external stresses of life so that they can manifest different external experiences for themselves. When we take away the dichotomy, the polarity of positive and negative, when we stop stop saying that this is a good thing and this is a bad thing, we bring ourselves to this sort of state of neutrality. This was a gratifying experience. This was a non-gratifying experience. Neither of those experiences is better than the other. Both hold equal value to me. So you sit in meditation for 20 minutes and you're like, la, 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 zen. That is a very uh, valuable 20 minutes of your life. The same value is attributed to the meditation where you sit there going, fucking hate this, fucking hate this, fucking hate this. What the fuck was the mantra again? Hate this, hate this, hate this. Both of those meditations hold equal value to your experience of being a human being. Both of those meditations hold equal value to you generating the capability and resources internally to deal with external stresses. Neither is right, neither is wrong. Neither is good, neither is bad. One isn't a positive or a negative one. They both hold equal value. Your preference to one or the other needs to be neutralized by using terminology like gratifying or not gratifying. Like you would not know what a good day was if you only ever had good days. You have to have bad days to counteract that. No learning gets done in the good days. You only learn through failure. You only learn through mistake. You only learn through getting it wrong. What we have done as a society here in the West through generations and generations and generations is that we have glorified the gratifying experiences and said, these are the good ones. These are the ones you should have. These are the ones that we are going to show on social media. We're not going to show anything else. We're going to demonize those things. Those, that sadness, that grief, that anger, we're going to demonize those. We're going to tell you you shouldn't have those feelings. We're going to tell you if you have those feelings, you'll never manifest what you want. Good vibes only here. Bullshit. That's not how it works. And so one of the greatest gifts for me is being through this meditation course was having this terminology, which I now use in my day-to-day life oh, fuck, man, this thing just happened. That's a very non-gratifying experience for me. That doesn't mean it's not valuable to me. Do I want it? No, but that's my preference. And I don't get to walk through life going preference only because that is a sure way to suffer because I will always be in resistance to what I don't want and attached to what I do want. And suffering will always come when you attach to the transient and when you resist the inevitable. For me, 
meditation isn't about did I sit down and have a creative idea did I sit down and feel connected to my God define what God means to you did I you know sit down and zen out and bliss out and have this like ah? no meditation is am I sitting with my soul can I handle sitting with my soul whether it's a gratifying or a not gratifying experience for me it gives me the self-awareness and it gives me the capabilities and the resources to deal with the stresses of life. And on top of that, it neutralizes the good and bad in my life and brings more things, not all things. And of course, I still attach to fucking stuff that I want and I resist the stuff I don't want because I'm a human being. But and, I, and it's a process, it's a journey, it's a learning and an unpicking of being told all of my life that I should be looking for the good feeling and I should be resisting the bad feeling. And it's about embracing feeling and understanding that I am whole and wholeness isn't just the good bits. Wholeness is also the hard bits. So that for me has been uh, one of the most phenomenal experiences and, and a great reframe, which has allowed me to accept some of the shitter bits of life, which I've been so busy resisting that they have become more powerful. Because when we, res when we give something focus, even if it's the focus of resistance, we fuel it. It's given me the ability to let shit go and be like accepting of what is. And that has allowed me to transcend through those harder emotions quicker. And that doesn't mean I don't have those hard emotions. It doesn't mean I don't have non-gratifying experiences. I just don't attach myself to them anymore. I'm just like, okay, that is what it is. What did I need to learn and how do I move on from it? The whole point of meditation is not for you to examine what happened while you were in meditation. So we call it eyes closed when we're in meditation, because quite literally your eyes are closed. And then when our eyes are open, we're just going about our day to day life. And the way that we see the benefit of meditation, and it is a cumulative effect, it is a long term effect, you don't go to the gym once and then be like, why don't I look like a supermodel, you have to go to the gym over and over and over again. And when you do create the strength and the vitality, and you're going to the gym, because you want to look a certain way, once you have achieved that, if it is within your DNA makeup, um, then you have to maintain it, you have to continue going to the gym, you don't just go to the gym, reach your goal and then stop going to the gym because it undoes itself the work undoes itself so meditation is a long-term game and it is a consistent thing that you do it's not something that you just do for a bit and then see some results and then stop doing it the benefit that we see is in our eyes open experience and not our eyes closed experience so what happens with your eyes closed is irrelevant it does not matter whether you have 25 non-gratifying experiences in a row it doesn't matter if you have a hundred gratifying experiences or meditations in a row it's irrelevant what happens in your eyes closed experience is not the point what happens in your eyes open experience is so that might be that you realize one day after you've been meditating for a while that there's been a conflict at work and instead of getting really involved in it, instead of re getting really wound up by it, instead of taking everything really personally, you have the capability and the resources internally to go, do you know what? That's actually not really my problem. I'm not going to engage in that behavior. I'm just going to walk away from it. And now it's not a problem in your life because you haven't attached yourself to it. And that's when you can be like, wow, that's the benefit of meditation. And that is when you shift your vib your internal vibrational frequency. And that is how meditation can help you manifest to come full circle on it. So it's not the eyes closed experience that matters. 
So for anyone that's sitting there being like, oh, I don't enjoy meditation. I don't give a fuck whether you enjoy, I don't enjoy going to the gym, but I still fucking do it. <laughs> right. Or, you know, I can't meditate. You can meditate. That's just uh, just something that you're telling yourself because you don't really want to do it because it takes time and it takes effort and it takes commitment. One of the other things, and this was what Kundalini taught me and I'll be doing my Kundalini training. Oh God. And I think it starts in about four weeks. I'm shitting myself actually, because it's a fucking lot of work. Um, but one of the things that I love about Kundalini is this idea of integrity of really learning about where my capabilities lie and really silencing my mind, which tells me that I need to stop and I need to put my arms down or because Kundalini is a pretty hecker's type of meditation. You, you hold poses for really long lengths of time. You do a lot of breath work. It's a lot of pranic work. And that can be, you know, your mind goes, this is shit, stop doing this. This is really uncomfortable. And, and what I have learned is that I am stronger than my mind and that I have this inner knowing, this inner intuitive perception, which I can tap into through meditation, which knows more than my mind knows. Because all my mind is, is a collection of thoughts. And those thoughts have been born from experiences and things I've watched on television and what my parents taught me and what my schooling taught me and what my religion taught me and what the outside world teaches me and what Instagram tells me is right and wrong. And none of that is true. It's not. It's all an illusion. What is true is my knowingness, my internal perception. And that I have learned to listen to before my mind now. Um, and that is a massive benefit of the eyes open experience that I'm having as a result of my eyes closed experience. So I'm hoping that that has encouraged you to give meditation a go. As soon as I can get back into the filming studio, I will be filming a short course about how to meditate for anyone in the hub. It will obviously be included in the hub for you, so you won't need to pay for it. But for anyone else, it will be available to buy. I'll, I'll make it a really, really reasonable cost. So keep your eye out for that. There will be a How to Meditate with Emily Chadbourne coming soon. And as soon as my Kundalini Level 1 is done, for anyone who's interested in doing some Kundalini Yoga, I will begin. Um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to deliver it yet. Maybe a YouTube channel um, with Kundalini Yoga for you as well, if that's something that you're interested in. Don't give up on this idea of sitting with your soul for 20 minutes twice a day. And, and if you think that's too much and you don't have that time, you just need to put a little timer on to see how often and how long you spend scrolling through Instagram. How much time do you give to reality television? How much time do you give to Facebook? How much time do you give to sitting on the phone with your mate and bitching about another mate? Manifesting what you desire is about self-parenting yourself and saying what is best for me right now, not what is most comfortable for me. What is best for me right now? Is it 20 minutes of comparing myself to a stick insect on Instagram who's never eaten? Or is it sitting with my soul and unpacking some of my own shit? So I trust that has been useful. I am just going to jump into the questions and comments. Uh, I've been inconsistently meditating for 15 years and life is always better when I do. Yes, it's like saying I inconsistently go to the gym and my weight is up and down. I started to make a change mid-July and it's amazing how quickly things have improved. Um, what else have we got? I'm loving the two 20-minute meditations a day. Some are great and some are yucky, but definitely I'm feeling the benefits. Part of my One Giant Mind course, I had to run a test course. And so some of the hubsters joined in and did that as my test guinea pigs. And we are continuing that journey together. And it's awesome. It's really awesome to see. 
Em, will you be doing any more meditation workshops? I think this will be so helpful in surviving my mind, but I have struggled in the meditation in the past. Yes, absolutely. So in the hub, I'm going to do another live one. And then I will record one and sell that package. But um, if you can join me live, it's best to, because it's really easy to give ourselves the excuses not to watch the video today or not to do this thing today. Whereas when you have to turn up live with me, you've got that extra level of commitment and accountability. I love your no bullshit explanation of meditation. <laughs> Everyone needs to hear your wisdom. Then please, 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 please share my podcast with your friends. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live on Thursday mornings. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it with a mate or on your socials. Please tag me, Emily underscore that crazy thing called life. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth, does it? So you let Barbara down the road know that she should have a little listen to this episode. If you're interested in joining the Unashamedly Human Hub, my global coaching community, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.